Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, the 1,001st day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. Now, yesterday... I took the day off from the podcast, as I said, to cover the vote in our U.S. House of Representatives for the Speaker of the House. I did the same thing today, although today I'm making an episode. Yesterday, they started that whole process a little later. 
and obviously finished a little later. And we kind of didn't know if they were going to come back in the afternoon. The early indication was that they would. We thought we were going to go live again. We may end up going live again today, in which case I will pause recording, go live and then come back to this. And hey, by then, the things that I say now might have already changed. But we're going to go with what I know now and correct on the fly if that happens. Now, it was unfortunate that yesterday of all days was the day that I did live coverage instead of the podcast because I was really looking forward to talking about that 1000th day of dystopia that happened to fall on October 17th, 1000 full days of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate ventriloquist dummy fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, one of the most corrupt politicians in all of American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That, of course, is Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You did it. You put the fake president in there. And now it's been a thousand days and look where we are. Aren't you all proud of yourselves? And when I'm talking about these communists, I'm not only talking about the people who outwardly supported Joe Biden and actually showed up and voted for Joe Biden, all 40 million of them or so. I'm also talking about all of those establishment Republicans, all of those conservative incorporated media members, and of course, all Ron supporters, everyone who will attest to the legitimacy of Joe Biden and pretend that Joe Biden actually received 81 million real lawful American votes. And they are indeed committed to pretending that because they have no other choice when they say, no, I understand that Joe Biden did not receive 81 million real lawful American votes. They've kind of painted themselves into a corner because the question that must then be asked is, if you know that the regime stole the election, steals the elections, and that the elections cannot possibly be certified or verified in any way, which is what you are admitting when you say, you know, there's no way Joe Biden received 81 million real lawful American votes then it would behoove you to support the duly elected president rather than help the regime whose number one priority is to eliminate that man, cover up the fact that they've stolen elections by attempting to remove the duly elected president, which is what all of them have been doing. And that does include each and every supporter of Ron DeSantis, as much as you may not want to admit it, as much as you might still believe that the Republican establishment are your friends and allies. They align with you on so many issues. It's just some of these other ones where we don't see eye to eye. Oh yeah, it's all the important ones. And these people are not your allies. In fact, they are the controlled opposition of your obvious enemies. The uniparty left and the uniparty right depend on one another and they thrive together and they work together. And we are being shown that once again this week as they align not only on what's happening in Israel, but also on what must be done in the House of Representatives. They will eventually align on that because the Republican establishment, the uniparty right, has shown conclusively at this point that they have zero interest in aligning with MAGA to get a Speaker of the House. MAGA has all of the leverage in this situation over the uniparty right. 
and they will sell to the country that MAGA extremists are so dangerous, so irresponsible and so stupid that they could not win the approval of a Republican speaker. So the responsible members of the uniparty right had no choice but to unite with the uniparty left and elect someone like Hakeem Jeffries, or I'll say it again, Liz Cheney. The possibility still exists. We might see her name mentioned. I obviously don't know that. This is pure speculation. But if you discount that possibility at this point, I cannot understand why. So yesterday we went through a round of the speaker vote. It had all the drama and mystique of the January speaker vote, except for the fact that it actually had none of that. We just essentially watched them take attendance for 45 minutes, watched Elise Stefanik give an absolutely abominable speech in nominating Jim Jordan. Tom Cole did the same today. Both of them made it very clear how important it was for us to fund and assist in the defense of Israel. We did not need a speaker to come in and lead the fight for America first. No, we need a speaker who will come in and pass spending bills, Democrat spending bills. The only bills that could potentially become law are ones that are already approved of by the illegitimate Democrat Senate and the illegitimate Democrat president. So, of course, they're not going to go in there and try to sell us on the idea that the America first agenda will be promoted and propelled by a Jim Jordan speakership. They know that's not possible. And rather than tell the country that Jim Jordan will come in and put a stop to the Democrat agenda, we are told that Jim Jordan will enter the speakership and then make sure Israel receives whatever funding and support it needs based on all of the videos on the internet that tell us what a dire situation it is over there. Israel's defense forces were fooled just for a moment. They got the intelligence, didn't take it seriously enough, didn't pass it up the chain, certainly didn't tell the Israeli people who might be affected by this terrorist chaos. And what happened? Well, Paragliding go-karts attacked and they seized a young woman whose body was all mangled in a truck, even though that was just a rubber dummy. And it turns out that she's alive. We all had to feel very, very bad about that. We got decapitated babies. They retracted the story. They put the story back out. They retracted the story. They put it back out. And despite all of the details of the story changing over time, the story was told again and again and again. And now for a certain set of people, that story is true and part of the central narrative and official story about Israel. They just say it over and over again because people don't want to keep pointing out, hey, that's not true. So a claim for which there is zero proof in the entire world becomes something true and a reason for us to go to war. And then we had another one yesterday with this whole hospital incident. And of course, Israel's defense forces, the same people who were absolutely fooled and overcome by the paragliding go-karts, they have changed the story multiple times. And we are still supposed to believe the official story within the central narrative, the one pitched by Ben Shapiro and everyone else in the conservative establishment who hates us. And we are just supposed to go along into war or whatever they ask for. We are being told by our Republican leadership that 
Jim Jordan must be elected speaker in order for us to support Israel in those efforts. And why will we do that? Well, some videos online have upset us and we all understand that it is our duty to do what we are told whenever they tell us that if we don't, then we're anti-Semitic. We are all anti-woke about every bit of identity politics except these identity politics. You see, these people are on our side. So when they are calling white American Christians racist for not expressing the proper political view, it's okay because these are our friends. They actually have a point. Oh yeah, maybe they were right. Maybe MAGA is a little racist, at least when it comes to this Jewish thing. Not when it comes to all the other times that MAGA gets called racist and is clearly not remotely racist and just expressing a different political opinion that doesn't align with these overt Marxists. But this time, when the uniparty right is calling MAGA racist, for not agreeing to go along with the prescribed narrative, then it's racist and they all have a point because these are actually our allies and they are looking out for what's best for all of us. But that's not what they're doing and everyone really needs to understand this and own it. Understand what it is. The Uniparty, the anti-Trump movement is a hate movement. It has all the features of a hate movement. You are wrong because of who you are. You are wrong in every situation because of who you are and because you support Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is every bad thing. Every bad thing that happens is because of Donald Trump. The vaccine they demanded and then took so they could travel is Donald Trump's fault for getting it out fast so that lockdowns would end. You see, it's Donald Trump's fault no matter what. When the vaccine came out and they were taking it, Donald Trump received no credit whatsoever for the reopening of society. They heard that they would not be allowed to travel, to travel without a vaccine. So they went out and got it. They didn't even put it to the test. They just said, well, the regime's telling us it's going to be hard at the airport. So I guess we better get it. I mean, sure, Americans are losing their jobs and homes and livelihoods on these COVID policies, but we might as well comply with this one so that we don't have to have our travel schedules affected. But it's not their fault anymore. It's Donald Trump's fault. Their decision is Donald Trump's fault. And it will remain Donald Trump's fault until Donald Trump accepts their framing of the vaccine being Donald Trump's fault. And when he admits that, well, then Donald Trump is going to be okay again, except for all of the other things that they also turn into Donald Trump's fault. And every time something is Donald Trump's fault, it's your fault too. You see, if you say, actually, you know what? Trump pushing that vaccine out is what ended lockdown and he never mandated it on anyone. So truthfully, everybody made their own choices and it sucks that people made those choices, but Donald Trump actually gave everyone every reason they could possibly ever need to understand that COVID wasn't all that serious. He showed us in person himself. He gave us that example of himself having COVID and being just fine. He gave us every reason we needed to understand that COVID wasn't that serious and that we didn't need the vaccine. He had a history of being anti-vax but nope, it's still his fault. And for you supporting him, you're a cultist. It is a hate movement. 
You represent everything bad. Donald Trump is the avatar of everything bad. And you as a supporter of Trump and the America First movement, that makes you bad. And because you are bad, anything that you want or say or believe is also bad. Everything bad is you. You are everything bad. All they need to signal that they are one of the good ones to the other side of the uniparty, and this applies to both sides, is to talk about how much they don't like Trump and his supporters. And the truth is, at this point, they probably hate the supporters even more. You are right now the target of a hate movement. And because half of that hate movement says that they align with you about some of your beliefs, but can't deal with the other ones, we all want to bend over backwards to appease these people so that we can reunify them and go back to believing that they are not, in fact, the enemy. We are all having a very important disagreement that we will handle like adults and eventually come together. Well, where are they on coming together when it comes to stolen elections? Where are they on that? We have reached such a point of insanity in our relationship to the Uniparty that we can't even recognize when we have absolutely all the leverage. They cannot get a speaker without MAGA unless they're going to go work with the Uniparty left, in which case I say go right ahead. Show it to absolutely everybody, even if it means that you're selecting Hakeem Jeffries, even if it means that you're selecting Liz Cheney. Let's not be silly. These bodies are illegitimate. You do not have to treat them as your rulers. They govern without the consent of the governed. The solution is do not comply. Do not support any of these people. Expose them at each and every possible step. What are they going to do? Go out there and pass more of their spending bills? In a situation where the Democrats have to own each and every bit of that, and that's somehow bad for us, because that's the option. The other option is you will have the media telling us that the Republicans, despite MAGA, did the very responsible thing and passed these bipartisan spending measures or this bipartisan omnibus bill. And the spending will continue, but now it will be the Republicans bearing part of the responsibility and the Uniparty once again uniting to blame MAGA for anything being a problem in the first place. There is no legislation that is going to come out of a Jim Jordan speakership between now and the end of next year that is going to do something good for the American people or for the America first movement. What's he going to do? Impeach the fake president? Probably not. And it wouldn't be the right solution anyway. It's not the ideal outcome by any stretch of the imagination. What is it that you want to see a Republican speaker do until you can answer that question. There is no justification for getting behind any of the possibilities that currently exist for the Republican Speaker of the House. If Matt Gates steps up there, well, hey, maybe that is a slightly different situation. I still don't think I would change my position, but at least it's a slightly different discussion. That's probably not going to happen, though, and it's not like the uniparty right, the rhinos in the Republican conference are going to get behind Matt Gates and support him. And the same holds true of Donald Trump. But the thing is, all the leverage is ours 
and everybody wants to give it away so that the TV will stop yelling at them. And so that prominent so-called conservatives online will stop calling them bigots. Why do you care what Ben Shapiro thinks about you? He's telling you every day that he hates you and you still want his approval. You want the approval of the people at Fox News, the writers at Town Hall, all the Ron supporters, all those very serious normie Republicans who you have understood to be on your side. You need to realize they're not on your side. You don't have to do their bidding. When they tell you you're not being responsible, ask them what they're even talking about, because none of them know. Elise Stefanik made her speech in favor of Israel, and then Tom Cole from Oklahoma, another dumb political hack who has been in Congress in his seat for 20 years just advertising the uniparty right in his speech, promising that Israel would have whatever they needed. That was like half his speech talking about Israel as if that's relevant to choosing a speaker of the house. That's not America first. That is Israel first. And then the Democrat Pete Aguilar gets up there and talks about how not only will Speaker Hakeem Jeffries fund Israel, he'll also fund Ukraine. And all of the Democrats clapped along. Chad Pergram of Fox News got some comments from Uniparty right member Mike Gallagher after the vote for Jim Jordan failed. Gallagher said, I kind of feel like we're members of a fire department right now. And like we're getting all these alarms of fires popping up all over the city. And instead of just hopping in the truck and putting them out, Israel, Taiwan, southern border, Ukraine. We're like arguing over who gets to ride shotgun and drive the truck. And I mean, we're a big tent party. I think that's a feature, not a bug. It's great to have disagreements out on the other. But there comes a point when the disagreement turns into dysfunction and paralysis. I fear we're getting to that point. So hopefully we can resolve this. So they're like a bunch of firefighters. That's what Mike Gallagher sees as his job in the Congress. It is his job to unify with the other Republican members and go around the world putting out fires, Israel, Taiwan, Ukraine, and the southern border. Well, three of those aren't our issues at all. They're actually not America. You can make arguments about why our policy should deal with those issues because they are important around the world, but those aren't America first agenda items. What is a Republican congressman doing by talking about those things? Is he representing the needs of his constituents when he pretends that we need money and weapons sent to Israel, Taiwan, and Ukraine to protect what? Oh, the interests of the global regime. And we're going to believe now that all these Republicans care about the southern border. Oh, it was because we just got the House back this year. We would have done something about the southern border, but we just got the House back. We have this small amount of power and now MAGA is giving it away. So the truth is the problems at the southern border, they're actually MAGA's fault. It's Trump's fault. The immigration problem is Trump's fault. And then you even get the Ron supporters who are like, well, yeah, you know, Trump did fail to build the wall. We need to recognize our enemy. These people opposed Donald Trump throughout his term. 
These people opposed Donald Trump in the primaries. They tried to undermine him in the elections, knowing that it would be okay if Hillary won because she's in the global regime. They can play from the minority for a few more years, and then they'll get one of their young buck Republicans to come in and say, oh, I know those Democrats messed things up, but here I am. My name is Ron DeSantis, and I'm going to save the country. They were fine with that. And they showed you that they were fine with it in 2020 when they got the chance to do it. They would have been fine with it in 2016, too. And then Trump came in when interests aligned. They said, oh, well, Trump is doing the right thing this time. And for the rest of the time, they opposed him as much as the uniparty left did. These people are your enemy. They are not your friends. Sometimes they're not going to come over to our side. They are showing you who they are. We are bigger and more powerful than they are. MAGA is far bigger than the uniparty right movement, which is why everyone on the uniparty right in these primary polls is in single digits. And Donald Trump is dominating them all. There was a poll done last week. I think it was Rasmussen that found over 50% of independents supporting Donald Trump and 30% of Democrats supporting Donald Trump. We didn't lose 30% of Republicans by continuing to support America first and continuing to support Donald Trump. We have 30% of Democrats who want to support Donald Trump and 50% of independents. Well, how do we lose? How do we lose if the Democrats have lost 30% of their own party? And that's not even counting all the people who no longer identify as Democrats. And we are still trying to play from a position of weakness. Does anybody understand that we actually do have leverage in all of these situations? We don't need to try to pretend to please Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or Ben Shapiro or Steve Dace at the blaze, that garbage pale kid looking sociopath who calls us idolaters and just announced two days ago that he was going to be quadrupling down now on Ron DeSantis. Apparently going all in for Ron DeSantis wasn't enough. He had to double down for rig D meatball. And then he had to triple down for booger Rob. And now he is quadrupling down on Ron DeSantis. This time it's real. This time we're going to put our shoulder behind the wheel and really get Ron DeSantis some support, but they can't do that. Their debates have no one watching. Ron DeSantis can't even beat the six duds on stage, much less Donald Trump, who doesn't even bother showing up because A, it's all fake, and B, even if it was real, he wouldn't have to. And we are still pretending that we are weak and scared of these people. Look at what happens to the Uniparty. If they go away from MAGA, if they decide there's no way they can unite with MAGA. And instead, what they are going to do is figure out a way to work with some Democrats who they will call centrists and moderates and then elect Kevin McCarthy or Liz Cheney or Hakeem Jeffries. They're going to come out and do that. And we're going to pretend that that is bad for us. What is our goal here? Is our goal here to try to win by these obsolete political terms as they've been described to us by the television for two or three or four or five or six or seven decades, however long you've been alive? That's what we're going to do. We're going to win. We're going to maintain our Republican majority in Congress. What do you think happens if Hakeem Jeffries 
becomes the speaker. We are going to have Republican members voting along with Democrats to pass Hakeem Jeffries legislation. And you think that's going to hurt MAGA? That's going to out the entire uniparty. And this is something we're supposed to be scared of, something that we don't want. Oh, they're going to blame us on television for making Hakeem Jeffries the speaker, even though it was establishment Republicans who did it and establishment Republicans who choose to vote for them because having a speaker is so necessary so that they can pass the Senate and Joe Biden's spending bills and help out Israel and Ukraine. And you think that's bad for us? We need to understand we have leverage and we need to know what to do with the leverage. Part of understanding that we have leverage is understanding that we have the majority on these important issues. The country no longer wants to fund Ukraine. What does that mean? Only 2% of the people have gone out and gotten this new COVID shot. Now, I know that we're not getting all the pressure that we did before that nobody really believes this new wave of COVID is even happening, much less serious. So you can make all the excuses you want for why that's happening. But the truth is, a couple of years ago, we were told if the statistics are to be believed, which they probably are not, but judge from your own life, we were told 75 to 85% of the American public went out and got that first round of vaccines. And now only 2% of people are going to get the new shot. That means a whole lot of people realize that COVID wasn't all that serious. And they started thinking for themselves rather than trusting the science and getting the shot, getting shots in arms. Only 2% of the people are on board with that. According to Rasmussen polling for years now, over half, now over two thirds of the country Understand that cheating affected the outcome of the 2020 election. More people wake up to that reality every day and more information continues to come out about the stolen elections all the time. There's information coming out right now in the disbarment trial of John Eastman. Rachel Alexander has been covering this and she's on X at R-A-C-H underscore I-C. Rach underscore IC on X. She's been covering this Eastman trial. She has been tweeting constantly as the trial goes on. She's kind of covering it in real time. I'll share a couple of them just so you understand where we actually are right now. In the disbarment trial of Trump's attorney, John Eastman, Kurt Olson, the attorney, is testifying about how expert Charles Cicchetti analyzed absentee ballots in Detroit in the 2020 election and found that 174,384 out of 566,694 did not have registration numbers. Huh, look at that. Nearly 175,000 unlawful ballots. She went on still with Kurt Olson. She says Olson is testifying about one of the 2020 election lawsuits he wrote where he said that there were thousands of extra votes for Biden in Detroit that were likely the result of election workers running ballots through tabulators multiple times with Republican poll watchers obstructed or denied access and election officials ignoring poll watchers challenges as documented by numerous declarations. She goes on with Kurt Olson testifying how in the 2020 election, Pennsylvania Secretary of the Commonwealth, Kathy Bookvar, admitted that they received 10,000 ballots late after November 3rd and never segregated them. And the Supreme Court had expressed 
concern with that. She also noted that Kurt Olson was testifying about the Ryan report, which was issued by Pennsylvania legislators, which found that Pennsylvania said they mailed out 3.1 million ballots in 2020, but only 2.7 million ballots were sent out with no explanation for the 400,000 discrepancy. And the examples go on and on. The point is that we have the majority, the majority over 60% believe that the feds were involved in initiating the violence on January 6th. How many of our issues do we need to understand that the majority of Americans now agree with us on before we will actually use the leverage that the people give these positions. It's not about them giving us leverage. It's about understanding that we collectively have leverage because the people have woken up, not all of them, but more than enough. And we should be using this leverage rather than cowering before the Republican establishment because they're going to yell at us from their TV shows on Fox News that everyone can now see are hosted by a bunch of uniparty right liars and frauds. The best way to give these people the benefit of the doubt at this point is to simply say that they are actors playing the role that they are intended to be playing somehow by people on our side, that they are not actually expressing their own ideas. That is the only way now to defend what they have been doing. And we are scared about the judgment of these people. We are scared about the judgment of of people who listen to and agree with them. How many more years will we go on like this? Just cowering before them, knowing that they are going to shame us again. They're going to attack us in our reputations. They're going to try to sully our good name in front of our own peers and our families, our friends. They're going to try to cost us our jobs. They have done it over and over and over again. It's not just the Democrats who do that. It's the uniparty right as well. As long as we keep dividing things by D and R and assuming that because the R's are a little more like us, that means they're the good guys and we need to help them. We need to stop thinking and acting as though we are subjects and reverse that. We have the leverage. The people are on our side. These public servants should be serving the public. We tell them what to do, not the other way around. These are not our leaders. They are our representatives. They are supposed to go to Congress and faithfully represent the needs and wants of their constituents. They are not supposed to go there because we gave them the power to go there and then make whatever decisions they want as they get rich. That's not the point of all this. And we refuse to use our leverage. And why? Why do we refuse to use the leverage? Because we want to be told by systems of authority what it is we should be doing. We want to know that we are doing the right thing according to a system of authority. Fox News will tell us, oh, this is what Republicans care about. This is how we're going to fix the problem at the border. We're going to have technological solutions and we are going to cut off some of these crossing points. Will it be a wall? Well, no, maybe it'll just be a technological wall. And what they mean is they're just going to send drones up there and they're going to put in more tracking devices on all of the people they let in and they will just keep pushing their slave trade along. And we'll just pretend, oh, well, you know what? That's the most help we can get. Sure, they're still allowing the invasion in our country, but did you see that they spent $70 billion on drones? 
which is always especially funny because they really probably spent about a billion dollars on drones and then took the other 69 billion and just distributed it as they saw fit. We are told by these people that they have some ultimate plan. We're going to do these things that will fix the problems a little bit. And then what we need is for you guys to give us all your money and spend all your time getting us back into office so that we can fix things a little bit more. And hey, in 20 or 30 years, if you guys keep doing exactly what we tell you to do, we might have that border problem slowed down a little bit. And they assume because they have control over the means of information from Fox News and the leading producers of trans content at the Daily Wire and the National Review and the Blaze and Town Hall and all of these outlets supporting Ron DeSantis. They're all going to tell us what the plan is and we need to get on board and help them push their plan forward. They're not going to get on board with our plan. They say, hey, what's your plan? And if we can't describe to them perfectly a plan that will fit in with their understanding of the world, well, that means we don't have a plan and we can't be trusted. Hey, you know who can't be trusted? The people who tell you that we need a speaker of the house so that we can fund Israel and Ukraine. Those are the people who can't be trusted. And truthfully, nothing should possibly be more obvious. We don't need a plan. We need to make decisions that are best for America as we go along, because we are learning about all of these processes. We are understanding what these people have done to us and done in our name, and we are figuring out how to unwind those things. But that is a process that we can simply engage as we move forward. If we want to be self-governing, well, then we need to figure out how to self-govern. What we don't need to do is assume that that is too hard. So we should just give all the decision-making power again, back to all the people who hate us. It makes me think of college. I left for college. Maybe some of you did not go to college. You just went out into the working world, but I think that you can probably relate to this experience. It is true for pretty much all college kids. And I've seen it be true for plenty of young people who are living out on their own without their parents for the first time. One of the most basic issues they run into is being confused about how to feed themselves. They can get to Taco Bell and buy Taco Bell. They can take themselves out to dinner and spend money. They might be able to make ramen noodles and some really advanced ones might be able to cook for themselves, but largely don't. Regardless, no one is telling them how to eat or preparing their food for them or regulating their meals and their consumption in any way. And a lot of people go out and they get what's called the freshman 15 because they don't know how to self-regulate. They go, all the food is just there in front of them. They eat whatever they want, all the variety, all the desserts, all the sodas, whatever it is. And they put on weight because they don't know how to feed themselves properly. And yes, obviously, I understand that it's not just them who do that and that we all go through phases. I myself gain weight sometimes. But the point is they get out there. They don't know exactly what to do. No one's telling them what to do. They've got to figure this thing out on their own for the first time. And it takes them a little while to adjust and see what it is that actually works. Know what their cravings are. Know when they have to exercise willpower. Know what makes them feel better and what makes them feel worse. It's a process of learning. 
You don't have the authority figures telling you what to do. And for a little while, things go a little haywire. And hopefully out of that relative chaos for that period of time, out of that emerges a better understanding about how you have to go forward. And you begin learning some skills that will guide you throughout your life. You don't have to just keep learning it over and over again. You eventually understand what you're doing and you just do that. Now you can say up front, well, no one's ever going to want to go through that kind of chaos. And you might be right. No one wants to put on weight because they don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to be responsible about their eating. But your only other choice is to constantly obey authority. And if you want to be an adult who makes decisions for yourself, you have to go out and experiment and make some mistakes sometimes so that you can learn and grow and move on. But the point is you are the one making the decisions and you are not relying on authority. We can figure these things out for ourselves. That's what many Americans have been learning to do over the last three and a half years. And I include myself among those. I didn't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers now. But at no time does that mean that we have to bow to authority and do what we're told. We have to go back under their agenda because what is their agenda? Their agenda is not to help us. They exist only to help the uniparty left as its controlled opposition. That is why they are there in office. That is why they are allowed to be there in office. That is why they are selected. They are not selected to go there and serve the American people. And maybe it's not all of them. Maybe there are some that are there for the good of the people. Maybe there are some that are there legitimately and can win their elections. I would like to think that is the case. And I think that there are members who seem to be acting in the best interests of the American people. And I will continue to give them the benefit of the doubt for as long as I can. But the body is illegitimate. The uniparty right does not oppose the uniparty left. They work with the uniparty left what they oppose is the American people. They oppose the America first agenda. We are not the people they are there to serve. They are there to serve their donors and create and implement the agenda that will further serve their donors. They are there to create a world in which their donors thrive. If the people do well in that world, that is only a side effect. That is not the primary motivation. And similarly, when the people are hurt, when the country is devastated, well, whoops. Did you see a lot of them standing up for you throughout COVID? Did you see a lot of them standing up to the stolen elections or the lies about the very violent insurrection or the Ukraine war, Putin's very brutal invasion? No, they put little Ukraine flag lapel pins on and then went and pretended to do the American people's business in Congress. Stop bowing to these people. Stop following these people. Stop believing them when they tell you you need to do this or else. What has happened with no speaker in the two weeks we have had no speaker? Has the country fallen apart? No. We were told it was all very irresponsible. We were immediately told that because paragliding go-karts attacked a desert rave, we needed to bring Kevin McCarthy back as Speaker of the House. Does that make any sense? Can you even imagine a scenario where that sentence should be said in the real world? But that's what New York Republican, in quotes, congressman 
Mike Lawler was out there saying the same day the paragliding go-karts attacked. And of course, he didn't call them paragliding go-karts because that would reveal how ridiculous it all is. We have the leverage on the speaker vote, which means we have the leverage on funding these absolutely ridiculous foreign wars. Now, I know that people are very emotional about the Israel thing right now, just as they were at the beginning of Vladimir Putin's very brutal invasion. And there were very, very few of us at that time saying, hey, this thing is not what you're being shown. And the people telling you what's happening over there are clearly not telling you the truth. You are being lied to. You are being shown propaganda and fake news. And we got severely punished for that. My show was taken off Spotify after I talked about Ukrainian biolabs. Am I 100% certain that's the reason? No, not 100%, but I feel like it probably had something to do with it. That was right after Joe Rogan had told Spotify that it was okay if they started putting warning labels on his content and censoring his content, removing certain episodes. And that's the sort of thing $100 million a year will buy. We were called Putin lovers. We were called all sorts of things for dissenting from the official story about Ukraine and for dissenting from the needs of the central narrative. But we did it and we were correct. And it actually does matter quite a bit that we were correct because standing our ground and pushing what we knew to be true over time is what allowed others to understand that it was true and that they could be okay if they were talking about. It. And now we're just going to pass the microphone back to them and let them tell us the story about what's happening in Israel after they lied about it in Ukraine. They told us that those are not Nazi battalions, despite the fact that they've been there for 80 years, because the comedic actor who is the president, the installed president of Ukraine, is himself reportedly Jewish. Therefore, those Nazis who've been there for 80 years, funded and trained by our CIA, those aren't Nazis. Those are the people right now telling us what's going on in Israel. Yesterday, Bibi Netanyahu met with Olaf Scholz of Germany. And that's pretty impressive, is it not? Germans and Zionists working together for the first time in 80 years. I wonder what could go wrong. It's amazing what we can learn about history from long ago when we see the lies as they emerge in real time right in front of our eyes about situations that are 100% connected to those same situations. We have all the leverage and we are going to give it away because the TV makes us feel bad and videos that we see online make us feel bad. They pull at our heartstrings. What did I say last week? This emotional ploy, this emotional punishment, the emotional and reputational damage they are trying to inflict is being ratcheted up and it's not working. And when that happens, what do we need? Well, we need more events to push that further forward. And that's exactly what we got. We got reports yesterday that Israel had bombed a hospital and that some 400 Palestinians, innocent civilians had been killed at that hospital. And then we heard that actually it was Hamas who launched the rocket. The rocket failed. That hit the hospital, killing all of those people. And Israel's defense forces supplied video that they said proved that side of the case. 
And then they edited that very post and removed the video because that wasn't what the video showed. But then later they confirmed the story again and retracted it again and confirmed it again and retracted it again. And we're just going to go on pretending it's true. Now, did Hamas fire rockets? Did one of them fail? Did one of them land on or near a hospital? I don't know. I can't possibly know. And I'm not pretending that Hamas are good. Hamas are set up as the controlled opposition of the globalist proxy state in Israel. We cannot conflate Palestinians with Hamas. No matter how many times the Ben Shapiros of the world tell us that we must because the Palestinians voted for Hamas. Are their elections legitimate, Ben Shapiro, just like ours are? Are they that legitimate, Ben Shapiro, that the Palestinians voted for Hamas? Therefore, all Palestinians should be considered fair targets for Israel because of the paragliding go-karts. So they conflate Palestinians with this terrorist organization that was set up by the global regime. And then they conflate the globalist proxy state called Israel, not the same thing as the biblical Israel, with all of the Israeli people and the Jewish people in Israel. And that conflation is necessary for them as well. They want all Palestinians to be Hamas, and they want all the Jewish people and Israeli people to be part of Israel, quote unquote, the globalist proxy state. And in that controlled opposition dynamic, they get to do whatever they want. They can flush two million Palestinians out of the Gaza Strip forever as the world pats them on the back. Oh, they had the right to do it. Now, every country has the right to defend itself. But that's only moral if they're actually defending themselves from an actual threat. And it's not ancient history that we made this mistake in the Middle East. Saddam Hussein with his weapons of mass destruction. Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. Oh, they did 9-11. So let's go to Afghanistan for 20 years because the U.S. has the right to defend itself. And oh, yeah, I mean, if there are just poppy fields for as far as the eye can see and we can sell that opium around the world and maybe even to pharmaceutical companies, well, we have that right, too. We're just defending ourselves, you see. All of these conflations are necessary so that they have the moral justification. We don't have to pretend that Hamas is good. Hamas might be exactly the same as ISIS, just like we are told. And if that is the case, then they can be eliminated like ISIS. And we should all be happy about that happening. And if the Israelis are going to do that, then that's just fine. But we do not need to then take the word of the Israel Defense Forces every time they release a new tweet confirming the thing that they have already made a mistake on after they somehow could not defend Israel from paragliding go-karts. Joe Biden headed over to the Middle East. He met with Benjamin Netanyahu. He actually had a meeting with Arab leaders just straight up canceled. Why would they need to bother meeting the fake president? This is Reuters yesterday. Jordan has canceled a summit. It was to host in Amman on Wednesday with U.S. President Joe Biden and the Egyptian and Palestinian leaders to discuss Gaza. Foreign Minister Ayman Safadi said. Safadi said the meeting 
would be held at a time when the parties could agree to end the, quote, war and the massacres against Palestinians, blaming Israel with its military campaign for pushing the region to, quote, the brink of the abyss. Biden was expected to make a whirlwind trip to Israel, where he would later head to Jordan and, according to Jordanian officials, meet Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi and Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. Jordan's King Abdullah would have hosted the four-way summit, which would have on its agenda the need to get humanitarian assistance to Gaza to prevent a humanitarian catastrophe and tamp down the conflict with Israel. So the country of Jordan canceled a meeting with the quote-unquote president of the United States of America. Now, has a country ever canceled a meeting on the president of the United States? I don't know. It is possible that one has. It's also possible that one has, and we were never told about it. But this is Joe Biden, the fake president, once again being punked on the world stage. Why would any non-regime leader pretend that Joe Biden is a real president? Vladimir Putin doesn't even pretend. He doesn't even try to pretend. He doesn't talk to Joe Biden about anything. Why would he? Biden had his meeting canceled, but he did go meet, as I said, with Benjamin Netanyahu. And he told Netanyahu that it was likely that Hamas were the bad guys, basically. This is the Associated Press summarizing their meeting. Biden wraps up his visit to wartime Israel with a warning against being consumed by rage. Oh, wartime Israel. President Joe Biden said Wednesday that Israel had agreed to allow humanitarian assistance to begin flowing into Gaza from Egypt with the understanding that shipments would be subject to inspections and that aid should go to civilians and not Hamas militants. I understand many Americans understand, Biden said, likening the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas to the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks in the U.S. that killed nearly 3,000 people. You can't look at what has happened here and not scream out for justice. While you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. And Biden, of course, just read a speech with his head down in his voice that no one can even really understand Right now, the entire thing is such a preposterous embarrassment that should be primarily shared by all those who put him in office. And of course, I am talking about the Republican establishment and each and every Ron DeSantis supporter. Biden went on, based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not you, Biden told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu during a meeting. But he said there were a lot of people there who weren't sure what caused the blast, which sparked protests throughout the Middle East. And they're talking about this hospital bombing that no one can prove, but that neocons and Ron supporters are absolutely certain was Hamas bombing themselves. Because obviously Israel would never do anything bad, at least not intentionally. I mean, Yes, they knew that Hamas was going to attack them and didn't stop it at all, but they would never do anything bad intentionally. After the formal part of their exchange, Biden and Netanyahu, Joe Biden also had this little exchange on a hot mic. Don't give up. 
Nothing changes. Same in Washington. <laughs> so that is Bibi Netanyahu saying to Joe Biden, don't give up, don't give up. Joe Biden says, nothing changes in Washington. Same thing. And Netanyahu says, same thing. As Biden, of course, chuckles. Because everything is funny. So last week, Joe Biden knew, despite not knowing, that babies had been beheaded. And because no one wanted to give up on their position after declaring that babies had been beheaded and then arguing for what amounts to essentially genocide in response, they can't back down from that and pretend that the beheaded baby story was fake. So now they just treat it as if it's something everyone knows to be true, despite the fact that it's never been proven in the least at all. And there is no reason to believe that it is true. They're doing the same thing with this hospital thing. Joe Biden last week knew that the beheaded baby story was true. Despite not knowing that at all, the White House had to issue a retraction and then people reconfirmed it again and then retracted it again. Now Biden says, despite not knowing again, that it was the other team. That was his very presidential statement. The adults being back in the room and all. And this is what we are told we must go along with. Joe Biden's position, by the way, is the exact same position as everyone on the uniparty right. And they are telling us that the reason the uniparty right and uniparty left agree is because it's just so obviously correct and true. Their viewpoint is unassailable. I mean, we know that they're the anti-wokes, right? That they really, really hate the uniparty left. So they would never agree with them unless the underlying story was true. And it just so happens that this whole Israel thing is exactly like COVID and masks and lockdowns and mail-in ballots and the safest and most secure election of all time, the very violent insurrection, the Ukraine war, the safe and effective vaccines. They've all agreed every time it really matters. And the reason they agree is not because they're a uniparty that directly opposes the people. It's because the underlying issue is just so true and so obvious and so right and so moral that they're going to come together in unity to tackle this big problem. They're like a bunch of firefighters who just really want to get on the truck and stop the fire. They're going to put all their personal differences aside for a while while they fix this whole thing and push that uniparty agenda forward. They're actually enemies who are working together because it's just so important. It's just like the movies. But wait, what's this from Reuters today? U.S. vetoes U.N. Security Council action on Israel and Gaza. So the United States of America at the global governing body, the United Nations, they vetoed what the Security Council wanted. That sounds strange. The United States vetoed a U.N. Security Council resolution on Wednesday that would have called for humanitarian pauses in the conflict between Israel and Palestinian Hamas militants. And thank goodness they noted that they were Palestinian Hamas militants, further enforcing that conflation to allow humanitarian aid to access the Gaza Strip. The vote on the Brazilian drafted text was twice delayed in the past couple of days as the United States tries to broker aid access to Gaza. 
12 members voted in favor of the draft text on Wednesday, while Russia and Britain abstained. We are on the ground doing the hard work of diplomacy, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Linda Thomas-Greenfield told the 15-member council after the vote. We believe we need to let that diplomacy play out. This is the same Linda Thomas Greenfield who denied biolabs in Ukraine after they had already been admitted. The same Linda Thomas Greenfield who made the videos and went to Nigeria to fortify Nigeria's elections. Oh, what a favor. Yes, resolutions are important. And yes, this council must speak out. But the actions we take must be informed by the facts on the ground and support direct diplomacy efforts that can save lives. The council needs to get this right, she said. Washington traditionally shields its ally Israel from any Security Council action. We have just been witnesses once again of hypocrisy and the double standards of our American colleagues, said Russia's U.N. ambassador Vasily Nebenzia. A Russian-drafted resolution that called for a humanitarian ceasefire failed to pass on Monday. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres on Wednesday called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire to allow for the release of hostages and humanitarian aid access to Gaza. China's UN Ambassador Zhang Jun accused the U.S. of leading council members to believe that the resolution could be adopted after it did not comment or express opposition during negotiations. The final result of the vote is nothing short of unbelievable, he told the council. Thomas Greenfield said that the United States was disappointed after the draft resolution made no mention of Israel's rights of self-defense, and she blamed Hamas for the Gaza humanitarian crisis. We're working with Israel, its neighbors, the United Nations and other partners to address the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. It is critical that food, medicine, water and fuel begin flowing into Gaza as soon as possible, she said. Let's be clear. Hamas's own actions have brought this on, this severe humanitarian crisis in Gaza. The draft resolution also urged Israel, without naming it, to rescind its order for civilians and U.N. staff in Gaza to move to the south of the Palestinian enclave and condemns, quote, the terrorist attacks by Hamas. Israel last week ordered some 1.1 million people in Gaza, almost half the population, to move south as it prepares for a ground offensive in retaliation for the worst Hamas attack on civilians in Israel's 75-year-old history. Israel has put Gaza under a total siege and subjected it to intense bombardment. It has vowed to annihilate Hamas after the Islamist militant group killed 1,400 people and seized hostages in an October 7th attack on Israel. Palestinian officials say more than 3,000 Palestinians have been killed. So the U.S., who sides with Israel at the U.N. Security Council, vetoed this resolution calling for humanitarian pauses so that aid can be accessed in Gaza. Now, again, complicated situation. We don't know what the underlying motivations are behind the scenes for these, quote unquote, humanitarian pauses and for these aid efforts. We are dealing with a thick, thick fog of war. We should not assume that anything we've been told about this story throughout the entire time is true. 
or is the way it's being framed? We cannot do that. And I know that's frustrating to go without knowing, but the truth is the people who claim that they know do not know. And they have claimed that they know again and again and again about important issue after important issue after important issue. And they have been wrong again and again and again. So we don't just take their word for it. And we don't say, well, they seem to be generally more aligned with our interests than those other people. So if we're going to choose between their position or the other position, I guess we'll choose their position. And now through this thorough analysis of a complicated geopolitical situation that I have just undertaken. Well, are they for us or against us? I guess they're for us more than the other guys. So that's the right answer. Through that very complicated geopolitical analysis, we now decide, oh, this is our opinion. We're going to support these guys and whatever they say, even if it turns out to be the exact same thing the other side is saying. That is an absolutely terrible way to make decisions. They are not your friends. They are your enemies. They tell you again and again and again, they're your enemies. They hate MAGA. They hate Trump and America first. You can see through their tactics that they hate you. The uniparty right Ron supporters are out there every bit as much as the uniparty left supporters calling people maggots and saying that MAGA is stupid and irresponsible and uneducated and white trash and racist and bigoted and anti-Semitic and all the rest of it. They actively oppose you at every turn, except when you are doing the thing they want you to be doing. And they will use shame and harassment and the destruction of your reputation to get you to align with them again. And then they will give you little pats on the head and reduce your suffering slightly. Stop giving in to your Stockholm syndrome with these people. There is no number of times after which you're aligning with them will lead them to align with you. There is no number of times. They tried to destroy you after the motion to vacate. They blamed that on MAGA. They are not interested in aligning with you. And every time you choose to align with them, you give them power. You are not required to give them. We have the leverage. They do not have the leverage. They have zero leverage. How much more obvious can it be? They are not able to move anything forward without the approval of MAGA unless they are going to publicly declare that they are indeed a uniparty. The goal of all of this is not to win on obsolete political terms as described to us by the mainstream media for decade after decade after decade. The goal is to achieve a mass population-wide awakening across America to mirror that awakening that is happening across the entire world. And when that happens, the people will seize back control of the government. We do not need the Republicans to win, especially when the Republicans don't even represent us. When we declare our support for these faithless representatives who serve illegitimately and know it, representing the opposite of the interests of their constituents and the opposite of upholding the constitution that they swore an oath to uphold, we hand over to them the power to continue doing it. All we need to do is not comply. We have all the leverage. They can't move forward without the help of MAGA and America first, unless they want to declare to the world that they are indeed a uniparty. 
Nothing will propel the awakening faster than that. Now, last night, Burning Bright and I did our weekly show, Badland Story Hour, and we did it on the movie V for Vendetta. And during our discussion, I talked about how reality is created right now and how we should recognize reality being created because it's happening in front of us in full view. All you have to do is notice here is what happens. Someone has control over the information and they will distribute their story about reality. And because they have control over the means of information, they will create an understanding in the collective consciousness, the mind of the general public collectively. And once everybody agrees the same set of things or largely agrees to the same set of facts, to a common understanding, then they will collectively create an actual empirical observable reality around them as the product of those beliefs. If the control over the means for information switches hands, then a different set of people ends up informing the collective consciousness, the collective understanding about what the world is. And when they apply that understanding to the actual empirical observable world, Then they create a new reality, a different reality in an absolutely real sense. I am not talking about this only metaphorically or philosophically. This is how the real world is constructed around you. And when you understand that the control over the means of information has switched hands, then you understand our ability to create the reality that we are moving into in the future. And that is how it is supposed to be done in decentralized fashion. It doesn't mean that we have seized control over the means of information and we are going to give it to some other centralized body. We have taken it away from the people with the little D's next to their name and given it to the people with the little R's next to their name. And now they create reality because they're doing it for us. That's not what it means at all. It means that control over the means of information was seized from the centralized and centralizing authority and then redistributed in decentralized fashion to everyone who wants to participate. It's not that we give each and every person the same equal amount and make sure that someone is speaking for each one of them. It's that we have decentralized something for which there is an infinite supply and everyone will participate to the extent that they want to and are able to. And as we do that, the people who are willing to participate and willing to put their ideas out there and interact with other ideas, shaping and forming the public consciousness and the collective mind, those are the people who are in a literal sense writing our future reality and nothing could be more important. You are supposed to be the author of your own life. And beyond your own life, you can author other things and you are supposed to take the responsibility on to do that. And you should have some objective principled moral sense about you, which is why religious beliefs do eventually come into play. It is our moral duty to be involved in writing our own life and to the extent we can or the extent we want to or the extent we believe it to be moral. 
We participate in the writing of the collective future reality because we are helping to form the collective mindset. We need good and conscientious people trying to do that, seeking truth, having principles. That is how the reality is formed. We don't give away or delegate our authority to do that because someone has an R next to their name and we are told that we or people like us voted for them. We do not have a responsibility to them. We do not have a responsibility to allow them to govern because that is how they describe their constitutional role. They have the authority to govern insofar as they are the legitimately elected representatives of the people and faithfully doing the people's work. Otherwise, they not only do not have a responsibility to proactively govern, they are violating their constitutional oaths by participating in the first place. They are there without the consent of the governed. We do not need to allow them to install a speaker. We especially don't need to allow them to install a speaker so that they can spend money on foreign wars that they can't even be honest about or convince anyone that the stories they're using to justify their positions are even true. They're not able to do that. We have all the leverage. Why would we give any of it to them? These people are groveling and begging with the tone of demanding. And because we don't like to be spoken to in that tone, we are backing down to the people who are begging us to save them. As awake as we are, as awake as we can be, we have not figured out our way out of all the total inversions that have been brainwashed into us over time. These people are in no position to be demanding anything. They're in no position to be talking down to us, and they're in no position to be telling us what American taxpayer money needs to be spent on in other countries. That is power we choose to give them, and if we choose not to give it to them, they don't have it. Why would we give it to them? It is our responsibility to create this reality. We do not look to systems of authority to tell us what to do. We cannot continue to proceed down that path. And if that is what people want to do, then what was the point of any of this? Now, I can speak for myself and probably many of you, but maybe not all of you. We collectively allowed the country to get to this point. If we want to fix it, it was never going to be easy. All that's being asked of you is to withstand the hate campaign that they are waging. If you need to get out, get out. Turn off social media, turn off the TV, but you don't comply with these people just because they show you videos that make you afraid and confused and they say mean things about you. Donald Trump cannot fight all your battles. We have to stand up to these people. We have to be able to say no, to tell them no, to declare to the world that these people are lying again. These important times, these important issues, that is not when we are supposed to shut up and back down to these people. These are the most important times for us to stand up and tell them and everyone else exactly who these people are. Now, you may be familiar with a man named Alexander Dugan. He is a doctor of sociology and of political sciences. He has a PhD in philosophy. He is the founder of the Russian geopolitical school and the Eurasian movement. He is widely considered to be the philosophical inspiration for Vladimir Putin. He is, in some sense, the Steve Bannon of Russia. 
I believe that Steve Bannon is the philosophical leader of the MAGA movement, the America First movement. And I believe that his thinking has a lot of influence on where Donald Trump is directing things. It seems to me like Alexander Dugan is in some sense a parallel to that model in Russia for Vladimir Putin. He posted this on X, formerly Twitter, today. And this aligns with what I was saying last night on Badlands Story Hour. The global information war is now in full swing. Several versions of reality are clashing with each other more and more openly. Societies and individuals choose for themselves which reality to believe in, and then they live in it. If we consider the old way in the spirit of classical materialism, there is only one reality. Only its descriptions and interpretations differ. That's why they presume that some people lie and others tell the truth. The roles can change. The whole question is whom we believe in such or such circumstances. But that's not the case. Reality itself, as phenomenologists and structuralists know, is a product of human consciousness. There is no reality outside of it. And the residual, purely external elements are not charged anymore with being or meaning. Therefore, in the information war, it is not just interpretations that collide, but the facts themselves. There is more than one reality, as many structures of consciousness, collective of course, as there are realities. Not only evaluations of the facts, but the facts themselves. Materialists and people staying far from philosophy are not ready to accept this. Their belief in a reality independent of consciousness is unshakable. And so long as it is so, they will remain victims of information warfare, not those who are its masters. Consciousness creates reality. In the unipolar globalist world, only one consciousness is recognized by default, liberal and Western. It is this consciousness that constructs reality. Not only what is good and what is bad, but what is and what is not. Multipolarity is an act of asserting the sovereignty of other consciousnesses different from the Western, which means that reality itself becomes polycentric. That means many multiple centers. Information constitutes what we perceive as being. That is why neither the military nor journalists should be at the center of information warfare. But first of all, philosophers, sovereignty is first and foremost a question of the mind. Sovereign is the one who is the independent and final master of the construction of reality. And that is an amazingly powerful statement and extraordinarily well put. This is what I have been talking about for years now. This is exactly what I wrote about in my series, A Story About Reality, which I posted the audio for in the podcast a month or so ago. We have been convinced over time, we have been brainwashed to believe by the regime that there is one reality as they describe it. And anyone who does not agree with their description of reality is therefore wrong and crazy. And if they're able to convince other people that they are correct, then they become dangerous and must be dealt with. Well, now we are seeing what happens when enough people realize at the same time that all of that is a trick. 
and they refuse to go along with it. This is an existential crisis for the regime. And this is why I focus almost entirely on this understanding of reality and this as a lens through which we can observe and interpret events. This is why the particular facts in particular documents or the particularities of fictional stories told through the fake news, these things are not important. We find ourselves arguing about the details of complete and total fictions because we will not accept that what matters is our interpretation and how we apply it in the collective sense which means we must actually have the conversations and engage with the issues and try to form our own understanding and then communicate that understanding to other people. It's not enough to show up at the voting booth once every two years or once every four years, or maybe you go to the primaries too, especially when the elections aren't real. Everyone wants the benefits with none of the risks. And the truth is the risks go down and disappear into nothing when everyone participates and when everyone is willing to dissent. This is our leverage. This is our ability. We cannot just give it away because they tell us they need to be able to govern and do the work of the American people. They cannot do any work for us. And they tell us what work they want to do. They want to spend American taxpayer money. What they want to do is create money out of nothing. They want to ask the global regime bankers to create money out of nothing. And that money will be valued on the back of the indentured servitude of continuing generations of Americans. And they want us to consent to all of that because they will tell us that we are racists and bigots otherwise. And they promise to ease our suffering if we do what they say, but they won't ease our suffering because it's a hate movement. They will just increase our suffering again next time they need to seize more control. Next time they demand our consent. And very likely we will surrender once again because the people do not want to take responsibility for the fact that the choice is actually ours and reality is ours to create. We have all the leverage and we will give it away as what a favor to the people who hate us, a product of our Stockholm syndrome and our inability to leave the control of our captors. What is everyone so afraid of? They're going to go to war. They're going to ruin our lives in some way. They haven't tried to ruin them already. They change the value of our money and poison us and convince us to convince other people to poison themselves. What are you afraid of? They're going to shut off your money. Yeah, that'll suck. But we know the system's collapsing anyway, and they're changing the value of our money on the fly. What are you so afraid of? The war is going to come here to our soil and what you're going to die of a bomb. Instead of the next time they poison you, they have a depopulation agenda and they try to destroy your life every time you fail to agree with them. These people hate you. Understand it. Deal with it. They are very small in number. They are very stupid. They are very incompetent. As soon as the people decide to take control, the people will have the control. It is that simple. These people do not run your life. As soon as you understand that in full and what it means that you need to run your own life, then you will have all the power back. If that happens collectively, the situation ends. When everyone wakes up, the nightmare ends. Nothing could be more obvious. And still, after a thousand days, 
in this dystopia, people won't come to terms with it. And think about where we were a thousand days ago on January 20th and 21st of 2021. The fake president just having taken control. That was our weakest moment, our most defeated And where are we now after a thousand days? People thought, oh, we can't survive that long. Still people say it. We're not going to make it to next election. Oh, you weaklings. A thousand days in this dystopia and we are more powerful than we were a thousand days ago. We are more powerful than we were yesterday or last week or last month. And they continue to try to tell us that Donald Trump can't win. They call us irresponsible and stupid and bigots. While we roll them again and again and again, you have been shown for two straight days that these people cannot do anything without your help unless they want to reveal themselves to the world. Which of these brave establishment Republicans will be the ones who go out there and declare to the world? Yes, world. I am part of the Uniparty. Look at me in all my glory. I know my voters are going to hate me for absolutely betraying them in front of the world. But the good news is I have a lobbying job waiting for me. You have made it through a thousand days of this and you're going to give up because Ben Shapiro says mean things about you and because the congressmen tell you that they really need to go back to governing. All of it ends when you decide it ends. So simply decide it ends. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network unless We have a long day of live voting for the speaker. We are going to be continuing to cover that on Badlands. So if I do that and it takes up too big a chunk of my day, then I will only do that and I will see you Friday. But otherwise, tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network, I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!